0: Well, hi, and welcome to the Godwit Podcast. My name's David Kowalik. And I'm Paul Smith. And today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're not actually going to be going into theology or teaching or biblical understandings of things. We just want to provide a little bit of feedback because I've had quite a few people ask, you know, who are you and who am I? What's going on? Why are you doing what you're doing? What's the motivation and where are you are trying to head? And I think it's worth uh, just letting you know um, who we are and where we've come from. And where we're hoping to head and what we're all about. Mm. So um, why don't we start with you? With me? Yeah.
1: Okay. Best place to start is always with me.
0: Is that right? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, but there's a a lot (laughs) revealed in that statement.
1: (laughs) More red flags.
0: Yeah, red flags all over the place. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Why are you still working with me? You've had so many red flags. Oh, Oh, so many. Yeah.
0: But you do you do come up with some pretty good stuff from time to time. Yeah.
1: Under the careful guidance of David, Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> keeping me in line. Yeah. Uh, well, I've already introduced myself by name, mm. Paul Smith. Um, my background is um, broadly evangelical, mm-hmm. um, you would say, which covers everybody except Catholic, really, yeah. in, in <laughs> the Australian Christian landscape, yeah. almost. Mm. Um, more specifically, Pentecostal. Mm. Um Background. That's my Christian background. Um, what I guess the question would really be: What qualifies me to be having these discussions mm. or putting things out? Um, and I would say some of the relevant factors are: uh, I've got uh, a fair bit of experience in. Um, actually, I'd would, I'd would, I would say probably for both of us. Mm. Um, what this comes down to as a foundation is um, ultimately pastoral. Yeah. Would you say that? Yeah. That um, we are we're not doing theology for the sake
0: of theology. We're not academics. Yeah,
1: we're, yeah. We're semi-academics.
0: Well, we're open to we're academic kind of input.
1: Yeah, I would say we're in in the middle of between academics and the laity, if you.
0: Yeah, I, I've always been motivated the term, by the idea of taking what the best academics say and then making accessible. So yeah. I think what we're trying to do is make good teaching accessible, good theology accessible to the average person who is going to a to a church these days.
1: Yeah, we're wanting to bridge the gap between academia and yeah. the and the church mm. for the purpose of um, the people of God living out the call of God, mm-hmm. the kingdom of God practically well. Sounds like discipleship. Yeah, discipleship is really at the heart of of what we're doing, which we said in our very first episode. Exactly. When we talked about um, the gospel is not what you think Mm -hmm. and it's an important discussion because it affects discipleship.
0: Yeah.
1: So in that vein, uh, I've been involved fairly extensively um, over a couple of decades or more in a practical, on-the-ground church life. Mm Mm-hmm. Christian life stuff. Um, I've led multiple different ministries uh, mm. over my time. I've been uh, involved in eldership, church, church eldership, um, church planting, mm-hmm. um, and uh, but I'm also wired as a thinker. Yeah. So, uh, if anyone listening knows about personality. Typology and theory. David and I are both Mm. in the Myers Briggs scheme, INTPs. And that essentially means we are on the hard end of the logical.
0: Yeah.
1: End of the spectrum, we're more thinkers than feelers. Yeah, head,
0: head people, not gut people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm. And sometimes brutally so. <laughs> we're more interested in what's true than how people feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we have the wives that we have. Yeah. yeah. My wife is the other end where she's a lot more mm. concerned about, um, but a lot more aware of how people feel. Yeah. And, um, and I don't say that in a negative sense at all. Yeah. I really value that. Yeah. Um, she goes there first before, mm. you know, what's accurate data, but we are wired more towards what's accurate, what's true. Mm. And then, and how does that outplay? How does that work mm. in real life? And in my uh, experience in the Christian life and, and the Christian community and church settings, there are, uh, I found that. Theological and doctrinal understandings can either um, help or hinder yeah. the Christian life and discipleship. Mm. And there's a lot of stuff that I think has hindered the Christian life and discipleship. For sure. And so ultimately that's why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. Um, I've, I've had to go into um, some deep study myself looking at trying to answer some questions mm. And why are things not working? Mm-hmm. Why is the why is the church stunted? Mm-hmm. Um, actually, if I go right back, um, I think we, when we did our episode on the Book of Acts, yep. I said that um, I looked at started looking at Acts more deeply, um, wanting to see how evangelism works. Yeah, which then made me realise that my um idea of what the message of evangelism is wasn't there in Acts exactly
0: <laughs> it's very disturbing yeah. i went through a similar experience yeah. but the reason
1: i did that was because um ultimately we want to see the, the kingdom of god expanded in in the earth that's mm. what jesus mission is to bring the kingdom of god mm. Um, and to the restoration of creation, yep. that's the mission of God, mm-hmm. uh, and that's the mission of the church, the yep. people of God, to be involved in God's redemptive work in the in the world. Yeah, and so um, being practically a part of that, you you think about things like, okay, how does that outplay in the world? You mm-hmm. know, how does evangelism? How do we do evangelism better to bring yep. the message of God to uh, a lost world? Yeah, and I. Uh, and I realized there's a number of blockages from the church achieving its mission. Um, one is that, uh, and one key one, is that we are confused about our message. Mm. Thus the gospel. What is the gospel? Exactly. And then also within church life, we're confused about a number of things. Mm. Uh, like this idea of um, works or grace. mm mm-hmm um things ideas of faith and um salvation
0: mm-hmm.
1: and a whole heap of topics that we haven't got to yet
0: yeah
1: that we are going to because they kind of work together um
0: and don't get me started on life after death and end times and all of that which yeah. i think we've really skewed skewed that completely. I mean if
1: if you have the idea that the christian life is is or the christian story is really about um, what's your ultimate destination, heaven or hell, and mm-hmm. what makes the difference mm-hmm. to get there? That really shapes how you, uh, what message you bring to the world, and how you live your own life, and how church works. Yeah, you know? and there's a number of things like that that, it, uh, when you really look into it, we think have become skewed. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, what we're doing is we're um, wanting to, uh, and this is not just from us. Mm-hmm. We're not just making up stuff out of. Nowhere. No. Um, But interestingly, David and I only met, what, less than two years ago.
0: Yeah.
1: We didn't have very many conversations on this before we started the podcast. No. So a lot of our podcast discussions have been our first discussions on these topics. But we align. (laughs) Our our journeys have aligned and Mm. they've also aligned with um, the work of many biblical scholars and theologians that their work is inaccessible to the average Christian, inaccessible to the church in general, not because people can't physically access them Mm -hmm. because you can get hold of books and stuff however you like, but they're inaccessible in the way that they're not written in a way that's accessible to the average person or there's too much to wade through. Um, So we're trying to bridge that gap between the academic world Um of biblical scholarship and theology and the church and look at how some uh, distorted ideas have have affected the Christian life mm-hmm. and the church and to try and bring some um, better understanding of, of these things, ultimately for the purpose of
0: discipleship. Exactly. Uh, well, i got a fairly similar background myself. Um, married, four children. Uh, one wife, four children, that's the right numbers, isn't it? Yeah. Four wives, one child? No, no. that doesn't work. <laughs> so, um, and all, all my children, adult children now, I've been in pastoral ministry for 30 years. Um, have been um, pastoring different churches in Sydney and Adelaide in Australia. I um, run about five churches all up now. And... And, I, you know, I started as a Calvinist. I, I mean, I was actually brought up in a Methodist church, a charismatic Methodist church, and then I became a believer about age 18, moved straight into a Calvinistic understanding. Back in those days, if you're an evangelical person and you're a thinking person, you almost had no choice but to be a Calvinist, which I did. So I adopted all of the Calvinist points of view, and as I mentioned in one video As I was preaching Calvinist doctrine, people were having nightmares. I realized something couldn't be right there. I began to slowly evolve out of that and take on a different understanding. There was a period of confusion there for a while for me, but I still kept my evangelical roots. Uh, I was exposed to Pentecostalism for about four years as well, which I don't regret for a second. I think I learned some really amazing things through that and then eventually became um, ordained in the. uniting church, which is for those of you who are overseas, is pretty much like a Methodist church, but it's a very broad ranging church. We've got everything from raving liberal progressives at one end to uh, fundamentalists at the other, and everything else in between. And uh, I'm not exactly sure where I am on that, but there ish, in the middle ish, somewhere. Um, although I'd, I'd class myself as essentially evangelical in that I believe in the preaching of the of the galleon the good news. However, around about, I guess, 15 years ago, I began to read N.T. Wright, and that sort of set a cat amongst the pigeons because I realised that he was not only right in name, he was right in a lot of his uh, teaching, and I realised I was wrong, uh, particularly about matters relating to the gospel. And it took a long period of years for me to come to realise that what I thought the gospel was actually is not the gospel that Jesus preached and the early church preached. If you go back to our first three videos in the gospel series, I think that really lays it out pretty, pretty, uh, pretty well there. It probably really came to a head when I had to do a study on what really happens to us after we die. And I did that's about a three-month study on that, just my own private study, read every book I could on it, including Surprise by Hope by N.T. Wright. And I suddenly realized that everything I believed about life after death wasn't true. And so I went, Whoa, if I'm wrong about that, what else am I wrong about? And that's when I came to understand that I was wrong about the gospel. I had been preaching a gospel of if you believe in Jesus, that your sins will be forgiven, you go to heaven when you die. That is a caricature of the gospel. It's not what the early church preached. It's certainly not what the kingdom of God is all about. And then, over a period of uh, years, I um, began to just learn one thing after another, and I began to change. Um, and I am what I am now because of all that. And then, um, by chance, we met, and we realised we are on the same page, particularly about the kingdom of God. And when you see the gospels, the you know the synoptic gospels in particular, and John and their emphasis is all about who Jesus is, this Messiah, and where they're heading is to be part of the kingdom of God and the restoration of the whole earth and whole of humanity, international rescue, as I like to say, then that changes how you see everything else. And so, uh, like Paul, I could I could look at the church and say, I, I think that one of the main reasons that the Evangelical Western Church in particular has seems to have driven off the road into a ditch on the side of the road is simply because we have not understood the primary purpose of the scriptures and what Jesus' ministry is all about. Mm -hmm. And that if we were to get back to that, it would change discipleship, church life, evangelism, might even change the world eventually. And so we thought, well, we can make a small contribution to that. We can be part of the conversation. And like we say, we're only part of the conversation. This conversation is going on all around the world. We're just one among many who are saying the same things. Um, We're saying it with an Australian accent, which might make it a little bit different. And so we have a concern about the Australian church, but I'm also involved in uh, ministry in India and Papua New Guinea and other parts of the world as well. Uh, Gold Week Ministries began as a... Um, international Bible teaching ministry, and so the idea behind it was that the gospel is for anyone anywhere in the world, and so uh, I was making myself available to go to places and do conferences for pastors in particular to just give them really basic uh, core church theology. uh, Theology is going to help them to do church because a lot of the pastors I met didn't have access to the kind of teaching that we have and the kind of books that we have, many of them are extremely um, uh, poor and unable to access the resources they needed. So it was kind of a, a pro bono kind of ministry. And then COVID came along and sort of put a torpedo in the ship of that. And so here we are. This is another way we can we can spread this good news. And I know for certain that uh, our podcast is being watched right now by people in India and Papua New Guinea. And other parts of the world, and again, we want this to be uh, true for anyone, anywhere in the world. We don't want anyone to be excluded. This is good news for everyone. Mm. Um, I think N.T. Wright actually named a whole series of books. His commentary, is, his lay sort of commentary, is called "Good News for well, Not it's Good just News." Called is for everyone. Yeah, for everyone. Yeah, but it's true. It's this is we want to make this accessible. That's the that's one of the things we're not trying to add to the to this, the uh, academic world, we're trying to add to understanding for the average person who goes to church who's serious about discipleship and who wants to make a difference in the world. Yeah, and part of that
1: is, of course, deconstruction. Mm. Our aim isn't deconstruction for its own sake. No. We're not just trying to pull apart ideas, mm-hmm. but um, we're trying to go, look, there's some ideas that uh, are not the most helpful, mm-hmm. that don't paint the clearest picture. For starters, they're not the best explanation of what's going on in the Bible, in the yeah. biblical narrative. <laughs> and for that yeah. reason alone, yeah. they, they need to be addressed. Mm. Um, and so part of what we're doing as we're going through this is saying, this idea we don't think is the best. Mm. Um, here's what we think is a better idea, a yeah. more biblical idea. Um, yeah. And... There's a number of things that go together mm. ideas of the gospel, ideas mm. of atonement, ideas of Jesus' death, and the different aspects of that. Mm. Other topics we're going to get into, like um, what faith is mm. and means, and grace, and salvation, justification. and the afterlife, and yeah. justification. Yeah. There's um, better ways mm. that biblical scholars, legitimate, well known biblical scholars, and theologians have expressed. Mm for understanding all these things that paint a clearer picture for understanding the biblical story as a whole that makes better sense. That's right. Much better and clearer sense Mm. with belief than um, some of the most common understandings of Christianity in the modern Christian West.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the things that I've particularly noticed since coming to an understanding of the gospel about the kingdom is how the Old Testament pretty much gets... Uh, left out in most evangelical churches. And even if it is used, it's kind of used as uh, a way of just having some nice stories about David and Goliath and and what faith looks like and all that kind of a thing without actually understanding the emphasis and the thrust of the Old Testament as the pattern for the new. And so for me, the Old Testament has come alive with a fresh understanding of the gospel. As I understand the gospel about the kingdom and the Messiah, Suddenly, the Old Testament is really, really interesting. Mm. And as I like to remind people that the early Christians preached biblical messages and did evangelism with the Old Testament and the Old Testament alone. Yes, they had the testimony of Jesus risen from the dead, but they didn't have the New Testament. They simply had uh, the Old Testament. And as you look in the book of Acts, it says they argued their case from the Old Testament, from the scriptures, the the old covenant, that Jesus is the Christ, and that's how they did it. And the, the the more deeply I understand the truth about the kingdom of God and Jesus as Messiah, the more brilliant and alive the old the old covenant becomes. And, it, and it, it, you know, you, you can preach the gospel from anywhere in the Bible. You're not just restricted to, you know, that little bit at the back, that little bit at the back. You've got all of that stuff, which is all good news as well, leading up to it. And so... Um, For me, it's a more fully orbed biblical understanding of theology and church life and discipleship and all that, and all that other good stuff. Mm. And at
1: the time of this recording, we're in the middle of a series on
0: um, the death of Jesus Mm.
1: and what that means. Mm -hmm. And uh, even in that discussion, Mm. there's stuff we haven't talked about yet as of this recording. That, (laughs) I mean, some of them, the um, biggest places where the death of Jesus is discussed in the New Testament mm. aren't discussed. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so we've kind of pushed against one of the ideas we've been um, pushing against in that series is penal substitutionary atonement. Yeah. And people who talk about that idea don't talk about Jesus' death in some of the ways that the New Testament does. Yeah. Which we'll get to in that series. So.
0: Yeah. We might even do another series on different ideas about atonement. And what, you know, I, I can find some um, helpful, interesting uh, ideas that come out of most of the the atonement theories, for instance. But I've I got to say, I do struggle with the penal substitutionary atonement because of its lack of biblical grounding. Yeah. And so it seems to have more of a philosophical understanding rather than a biblical understanding. And so for that, that... Of all of the of all of the ideas out there, I find that one the most unhelpful. And I, I, mean, I hate to have to say that because I know that I'm disenfranchising people or saying saying something's going to be hurtful to some people. And I would have been one of those people at one time, being a Calvinist myself. That being said, um, sometimes it takes a certain level of humility to say, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that famous preacher I heard is wrong. Um, that's not to detract from their faith or their The significance of their ministry, but it is to say, look, we're all wrong at some point. We just don't know where we're wrong. I mean, uh, I know Paul's wrong at some points for sure. (laughs) And I know I am. It's just, we're just part of a bigger conversation. But I think that it is truly time for the Western church to have a good, long, hard look at where this penal substitutionary atonement thing fits in, because I think it might be time to. You know, get some of that freight off the train and and throw it off. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: And on that note, we welcome feedback and mm. comments and and interaction. Yeah. So if any point along the way you think David is wrong, yeah. then <laughs> then feel free to let us know. As if write in the comments. <laughs> yeah. on, uh, connect with us on on Facebook. Yeah. You know, we're mm. we're not uh, you know we're not going to go. We're right. You can't. No yeah. one can disagree with us. No one can say anything. No one can comment. Yeah. No, we welcome feedback and interaction.
0: It is actually a conversation. One of the great things about podcasts and, and the way that the internet works now is that we can actually have a long-term conversation. And, you know, you, you might even be a scholar and you want to correct us. Great. We welcome that. So all we're wanting to do is contribute to this conversation. There are other people who are contributing. We listen to podcasts ourselves. Mm-hmm. We listen to um, critiques. We listen to people that we disagree with. We listen to people we agree with, and it's it's a fun time to be alive. The internet has provided you know some terrible things, but it has provided some amazing things. And I think the church has been incredibly well placed to have access to the very best teaching that is available in the world today. And there's almost, again, anyone anywhere can pick these things up and be part of the conversation. So we welcome you to be part of the conversation with us and help us to be part of the conversation with other people. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, that. That's probably all we need to say for now. That's just a, an introduction to who we are and what we're about and what God Weep Ministries is on about. And so we're here to, yeah, not not to be scholars, not to be the uh, the leading edge of academia. We're here to provide a, a go-between, a bridge between um the best that we can find in terms of Christian teaching a biblical theology and then making that available to the you know the person who just wants to be well informed yeah I mean that sounds presumptuous I know but you've gotta got put your stake in the ground somewhere
1: <laughs> yeah and ultimately we we feel like we're called by God to do yeah. this yeah we feel like this is what we need to do to be mm. obedient to God yeah
0: yeah we're not we're not making money out of this. Um, although we're open to that possibility if you want to be a contributor in some way, which you can be, by the way, through our website, but thats we'll talk more about that later. Yeah, we're actually planning on um, moving
1: into doing more scripted uh, videos with um, visuals. David is a comic artist. Mm-hmm. We want to do, um, uh, I know a lot of people are visual learners. They mm-hmm. need stuff presented in in a visual form and we want yeah. to take some of the stuff that we've been discussing and distill mm. it down and you know make it clearer and more direct and yeah. punchier and have um visual descriptions and explanations and
0: okay.
1: and that sort of thing. So that's where we're going towards but that takes a lot of work.
0: Yeah. And hopefully they're so. the sort of things we'll be able to use in Bible studies and small groups and home groups, that kind of thing. So we're hoping to to make resources available that are actually going to be useful. Yeah, again, in within the context of the church. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's uh, all for now. So, um, so bye. And thank you for supporting us
1: just by listening.
0: Yeah, oh, and don't just forget bye. to get that like button and um, and and give it a good gentle touch. Yeah, and
1: send us some comments. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks. thanks. Bye. Bye.